So much about business is stressful. Everything from getting past the startup phase, getting the financing, scaling your business, hiring the right people, managing them, business development, whether it's finding new customers, clients, or patients, creating new product lines or services, or just even entering new geographies. Yes, that's exciting, but come on, it's also stressful. How do you keep that stress from driving you crazy? My next guest, Dr. Deb Carlin, has the answers. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Let me tell you about Dr. Carlin before we dive into the topic of business stress and whether it's killing you and your business. She is an award-winning social psychologist and author of the book, Build the Strength Within. She hosts motivational events, offers consulting services, and has written numerous books and journals to teach individuals how to maximize their potential. She's a sought-after public speaker and professional consultant, and she shared her expertise in hundreds of audio programs, radio shows, and videos. She's affectionately known by her fans and clients for her warmth, sincerity, and world-class treatment. No stranger to obstacles, Dr. Carlin uses her own life adversities and passion to show others how to do the same in order to make their dreams come true. Now, she is quite academically accomplished, She has an undergraduate career, which she split between the University of Illinois and Southern Illinois University, where she received her Bachelor's of Science. She also has a Master's and a Doctorate in Psychology, the core of which is Social Psychology from St. Louis University proper and the medical school campus alongside strong clinical training from Washington University Medical Center. She uses her experience and expertise to help individuals and organizations improve their performance. She's loyal, she's tenacious, she knows what needs to be done and makes it happen in a down-to-earth and simplified manner. That's one of the things I love about her. And she's fearless about being direct, but compassionate about exposing incompetence, noncompliance, and absolute arrogance. Now, how is that a perfect fit with me and Business Confidential and our no-nonsense format? So welcome, Dr. Deb Carlin. Oh my gosh, Hannah, you are exquisite. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I thought, wow, that that's quite an introduction and bless your heart. That that feels absolutely spectacular and I'll do my best to be a good guest so you don't roll your eyeballs later and say, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I have no worries about that, Deb. You you are um a treasure. You truly are. And you've written this amazing book, Build the Strength Within. Can you tell us just a little bit about uh, what inspired you to write that book? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because after 30 years of being a psychologist and practicing and doing everything that I do, 
and not being being really truly an expert in every way imaginable when it comes to the topic of stress. When my mother took her last breath, something significant shifted in me in that moment, and I had to, for my own survival, figure out how to build the strength from within, from everything that my mother and my father had taught me, using every bit of my personal experience and my professional training and experience in order to continue in this life and have an even better life so that I would make them proud and I would create a legacy that I would be proud of. That's what motivated it because I knew I wasn't alone in that grief, in that situation, and I wanted to discover the answers, lay out a strategic program for people, and show people, if I can do it, you can do it, and here's how. That's inspiring. Dealing with grief is certainly huge. And the thing is, though, I've seen your book, Deb, and I know that it does more than help people with that. What is the range of what people can expect to learn from your book? What can they discover that will help them? The most significant thing that I discovered in my work and what I put into this book is that there are 11 areas in our lives that all of us need to take the time to pay attention to, and they cover our ability to believe in the power of our brain and how to use it. It all begins with that. It's about our relationships with others as well as the relationship we have with ourselves, the self-talk that we do, because our self-talk permeates every relationship with another that we try to have. Our relationship with money, our financial arrangements in this life, our faith factor, what is it that we believe in? What do we have faith in sufficient enough to not have to feel like we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders? And how do we balance our life between what's our personal life and what's our public life, what's our domestic life, and what's our business life? And what's our relationship with the earth? It is important for us to have a relationship with nature Otherwise, we just get into a zone where we feel like we're hermetically sealed and we feel weird and we get sick. So I lay out for people some very simple self-assessments for them to walk through in the book. And then I give them a real blueprint that I had an artist create so that you can actually map it out and see your life in front of you, see where you're at on these self-assessments and decide, okay, here's where I'm at. Now, where do I envision wanting to be, and then how do I get there? I never leave a step out. You self-assess, you take a look, and then here's the toolbox for your plan of action so you can make it happen. And it's it's a readable, it's an audio, and it's a video, set of videos. I really want people to believe that they can be empowered because if you're not, and it's exactly what the topic of your show is and what our episode is about today, It leads to stress, and stress can kill you. Yeah, well, we don't want that to happen. No. (laughs) And, you know, the thing is, for entrepreneurs and small business owners, it's really hard, but personal and the work is just like one big blur. There is no right line that divides them. They seem to blend. They seem to merge. And so that seems to compound stress. It's not like they can actually leave the office behind. Most of them don't. And even a lot of professionals working for big companies don't leave it behind because now we have these electronic leashes that we're supposed to be responsible and tend to 24-7. 
which just it's there's another let's let's just pile it on a little higher and deeper you know just so so i have a better understanding dr deb help me help me understand what exactly is stress well stress is is really and truly what you will find in the deck in the dictionary if you go to a good dictionary you'll find that there's two definitions of it one is physical and one is psychological. The physical one is where you take a balloon and you and you blow it up with air, and when it's at maximum point of being stressed right before it's going to pop, that's stress. You've put stress into it and onto it. And the psychological experience is also like that. You know, we, we do this thing where we say, I've had it up to here, and we raise our hand up over our head. I've had it up to here. I'm not going to take any more. I've had enough. Okay, well, why'd you let it get that high? Why didn't you start at your toes or your ankles? Stress is a perception that we have that we are stretched, and it is a perception. It is not about what is actually really happening. It is your interpretation of it, no matter what it is. Some people can be facing the barrel of a gun, and they're completely stressed out, and they don't know what to do. And the person next to them cannot be stressed out by that and know exactly what to do and take action. But when we feel that stress, when we believe that the perception that we have is correct and we allow that stress to happen, there's not just a psychological and emotional impact, there's an actual physiological impact. So stress is a multidimensional, multilayered experience that we actually have control over because it is our experience. And when you learn how to shift your experience by shifting your perspective, by having control over your mind, it's a game changer for life. Everything shifts. Interesting. But I would imagine that there are some people listening right now who say, well, but there are some things that are out of my control. And, you know, I remember reading in your book, you, you have a, a really fascinating story that you tell when you talk about the effects of stress in, in Section 4 about how you did an internship in a biology lab. And <laughs> you were, <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. Well, tell me the story. You, you fill it in. <laughs> and there's several renditions of this story, by the way, that are both mine and exemplified in the scientific literature, not just in psychology, but also in psychoneuroendocrinology, that's a big word, and also yeah. in biology and chemistry. So here's how it goes. I was working in a, in a biology laboratory as an undergraduate, and my job was to work with these goggles on with a copper probe, a little sword, a little skewer, and I was to poke under a microscope little one-celled creatures, little paramecium. didn't take very long before I went to my professor and I said, whose grant it was and whose research this was, why are we doing this? I'm, I'm, having, I'm struggling doing this. He said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, when I poke these little drops of water, these little paramecium guys living in the, in the drops of water, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling anxious and uncomfortable because I'm hurting them. What are you talking about? I said, you know, if we poke them, they recoil, and their cellular structure actually changes. They shift. I can see it happening. He said they're one cell. I know, but they're alive. They're life. And you could actually destroy them by poking them because you are changing everything. That story 
I mean, literally 35 years later, I read about experiments being done with water cells, water molecules, under electron microscopes as we play music for them, either really relaxing music or really raucous, offensive, imagine the most violent sounding music ever, or just pure screaming. And the impact on the cells is notable. They vibrate, they shake, you change the molecular structure. Well, let's stop and think about that for a second. Our body has an enormous percentage of it, which is water cells. So what is it that's happening to us seriously physiologically when we are having the experience of stress? People are right when they say a lot of things are out of their control, but you can put your fingers in your ears. You can walk away from situations. You don't have to let the injury take place. We are not the one-celled creatures. Okay, we've got a few more, and there's a lot of water there, some of us more than others. (laughs) And, And I'm just thinking of these office environments where there are micromanagers that mm-hmm. are poking people with their words, with their actions, overbearing, people that are working with bullies, whether that's a coworker, whether that's their supervisor, and just being constantly bombarded with this day after day after day, it yeah. changes them. And in yeah. some cases, I mean, now I'm, I'm shifting pages here to the legal world, it creates what we call a toxic environment, And some of these things can become actionable. People get sued over it. So it seems to me that that the the people that are creating all this, they themselves are under stress to be doing this. And it's just this nasty domino effect that is just hurting so many people in the process that there's got to be a way to to reverse um, that, that can harness this energy in a positive manner. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, some of the worst offenders end up being my clients because they have gotten themselves into trouble with their mean-spiritedness. I always worry about the people who are the victims of some evil, mean-spirited, bullying person, but I never forget that the person who is delivering that horror onto another has got their own sickness that they're having to deal with, and they don't know how to deal with it, and that's how they're dealing with it. We all need help. None of us are exempt in this life from needing help. We're all a work in progress. And, by the way, there is no such thing as any form of any disease that isn't exactly what those two words are, dis-ease, discomfort, emotionally and psychologically, that flips the switch on to illness. We have to take stress as a topic very seriously because we do have heart attacks. We do have strokes. We do have all kinds of illnesses that crop up when we are in the face of stress, particularly prolonged, and we can do something to interrupt that process, but we have to learn how to believe and then engage in taking control of our mind and learning how to relax the mind and then direct the mind. Well, let's talk about that for a second. What are a couple tips you can share with us about how to do that? The very first thing that you have to do, and I mean really seriously, you have to do, is you have to accept the the absolute reality that the only thing that you can control in this life 
is, and I want everybody to stretch their hand out as far as they possibly can. Stretch those fingers. Spread them as far apart as you can with the thumb extended stretching too. And put it up next to your head. That is the size of what you can control, and it is your head. You can control your thoughts. You have to start with that belief. And the very first thing that you need to do is a very simple exercise. And I I have it on my website at drdubcarlin.com. It's Dr. Herbert Benson's relaxation exercise. And it is basically a breathing exercise. Here's the short version of it real quick for people so they get it immediately. I want you to do it right now. On the inhale, from the bottom of your belly to the top of your head, inhale all the way saying the word R. Okay, now don't hold it, release it, and on the exhale, all the way from the top of your head to the bottom of your belly, the letter E. And then back up again, the letter L. And back down again, the letter A. Back up again, the letter X. And release it and stay right in the middle in your comfort zone That is your mantra and exercise to relax. You relax the body with the the oxygen that you give it. You relax the mind by engaging it in the pattern of breathing and the letters that are going to spell the word to remind you to relax. And now that you've gotten your attention, you are the executive director, the producer, and the screenplay writer, and you are also the actor in your mind for this life. Play it out the way that you want to in the most healthful way. That's when you start to have a revolutionizing change in your experience in this life with regards to stress. And if you do that in every single situation, you start to see it differently because you're interpreting it differently, because you are shifting your perception from one that is terrified and anxious and worried and stressed into one where you've got enough oxygen to the brain to be able to think clearly. People are smart. We have to use the smart that we have in order to make decisions because when we're under stress, We get really stupid. We make bad choices. We get scared. We go running. We say things we don't mean. We cry. We act in ways that make us feel embarrassed later. No. You deserve integrity. You deserve pride. You deserve to feel good and happy and healthy and not have to put up with any of that nonsense of when you allow the stress to go too far. You know, a lot of people ask me, how do you measure stress at the office? Well, (laughs) if you're the boss and productivity is low, there's a problem. Either people don't know what they ought to be doing or somebody's not helping them do it or guiding them or pressuring them in ways that are counterproductive. If If you're the recipient and you're not being productive, you need to ask yourself what's going on. Are you bringing stress in there or is it greeting you when you reach the door? Productivity, if productivity is low, 
there's a component of stress associated with it. If there's a lot of gossip and, and negative chatter and nasty looks that take place, that's stress at the office. So really, in environments where stress is managed well, we really do see high productivity, we see friendliness, we see kindness, and we see people engaging in their mission and enjoying the work that they do. And when you do your work and it's joyful, you really feel an enormous difference in your entire overall well-being. That's powerful. And I, that's very, very helpful. Just Could you give us that URL one more time in case somebody missed it and they want to go back to find that breathing exercise that you referred to? Yes, absolutely. And by the way, I invite um, everyone to go to Google and Google my name so you can see the breadth of things that that I've done across those 250,000 hits that <laughs> that you'll get when you type in DR for doctor, Deb, D-E-B, and my last name, Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N. That'll lead you to everything about me that you'd ever want to know, all my social media outlets, my radio show, my website, our upcoming online course that you, our wonderful, gracious hosts, are going to be a part of that's all about helping people build their inner strength and and getting these wonderful nuggets of information, not just from my experiences, but from people like you, Hannah, and our, our other 10 guests, many of whom you and I are both very familiar with. That's going to be good. That's going to be fabulous. Yeah, this is really life-changing material that we're that we're covering here. Because stop and think about how many people are on the line, and and they're suffering. They've got a problem, or they're concerned about. Their problem is that they're concerned about somebody else who's suffering. We all need so much help, good help. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and one of the other things that struck me about your discussion in your book, "Build the Strength Within," about the impact physically of stress is that it creates tunnel vision and to me that was like a huge red flag that was like who knew because when I hear that I'm thinking that means people are not making the best most informed decisions and they're not getting the information like on the risk side or the legal side of their business decisions so they could be stepping into uh, a huge pothole or on a landmine and not know it because they're stressed, oh, got to do this, got to do that. And, right. and and all of a sudden it goes, bob, boom. Right. Um, so there's multiple reasons to manage stress properly and certainly your recommended exercise and all the fine work that you've done in your writing, in your research, and certainly in your education processes with your own show. Can you, you have your own show. <laughs> And the videos all really valuable, educational, and very instructive. So I encourage people to go Google Dr. Deb Carlin and see what you'll find, maybe more than you know. If we have another couple of minutes, and thank you for that, Hannah. If we have a couple of uh, minutes, I'd like to share a really seemingly innocent story that exemplifies everything we're talking about here. Please do. One of the things that I've really, there's no part of my career I haven't absolutely loved, but one of the things that's been really intriguing for me is working with individuals and groups and working with families. I've done a lot of corporate work, uh, not just Fortune 500 companies, but Fortune 50 companies, but I've also dealt with a lot of family-owned businesses. 
and I've and I've done a lot of business succession planning. And it's interesting because in families people frequently think, Well, love prevails and so this you know, how hard could it be? Well, it's very stressful to do business consulting and succession planning under any circumstances because there's no such thing as separating personal and business. They are hand in glove. And when you have got the family involved in business, you're talking about love and work and family dynamics and politics and everything all in one big handful and people have to figure out how are we going to do this and what are the decisions based on. It's hard enough in a business setting when people can at least have some false expectations that people are going to behave and not get emotional. Our emotions travel with us wherever it is that we go, just like our perceptions. And when I've had the experience of counseling family-owned businesses through their transition of ownership no matter who it's to, if it's to another family member, if it's to an outside party, it doesn't matter. People have to learn how to really, truly do the exercise that I just talked about and then take the spotlight off of the personalities. And I do this all the time in my consulting work because even though people want to pretend it's all about business, they want to shine a spotlight on somebody else's personality and talk about the problems from that vantage point. And I'll listen for a very brief time just to understand where they're coming from, control the dialogue so that people are not going out too far on a ledge or hurting anybody else's feelings. But then I always turn it over to work process. So we're talking about systems and not personalities. And that makes all the difference in the world because when people start engaging cognitively, intellectually, with a process, with a system for how to do, how to take action and get tasks accomplished, they have to step back off of the personalities. And that might sound really simple, but it's tough to do because people want to keep jumping in with the but, but, but the way this person does it, but the way this person, and you just have to completely remove that from the equation, at least temporarily, so that people can come together and meet on the process. And it works literally, no kidding, not exaggerating, miracles, because you're cutting to the chase. And then in that process, as it starts to really work and people say, oh, yeah, you know what? That is really good the way that we're talking about doing it that way as opposed to this other way. And, you know, if we would tweak it like this, then all of a sudden there's an opportunity for some fertile ground to exist between the players. Then they start to develop some brand new kind of respect and healthy perspective about one another. Then we've got the foundation for trust. And when trust is in place, everything moves more quickly. When you stop and think about it, when you've got high trust in a relationship of any sort, oh, yeah, you want to do that? We can do that. We don't have to waste time questioning and being suspicious. It's so much more efficient when trust is in place, but we have to help people get it in place. So everything with relation to business and is is your business killing you? Is stress in the business killing you? You bet it is. As a matter of fact, people have more heart attacks on Monday mornings than any other time during the seven days of the week. Why? 
because they're freaking out about going into a working situation that is out of sight with stress. And we need to stop that. I want everybody to love Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and and that stress, it starts to, it's like winding the clock, one of those old wind-up clocks. It starts gearing up already Sunday afternoon where people are still trying to say, oh, this is the weekend, it's my time, but they know Monday morning is coming, you know, or, or like the last couple of days of a vacation. It's like they, they take a couple of days to, like, wind down and not jump every time a phone rings, and that's why some people really need two weeks, you know, because it takes two, three days to, like, chill, okay, calm down, calm down. It's, it's fun time. Do what you want and have a solid week of fun, and then they slowly start to think, oh, yeah, when I got back, this project's open, that i got to call this one back. Hopefully they took care of this, and it starts gearing up. So it is a process, and it's so good to know that there are professionals like you. And the the guest that we had last week uh, about uh, how to do the whole financial part of this puzzle, uh, Mm. who can help guide and and take some of the pressure off an entrepreneur or business owner having to do it all. You know, here's one more thing on your plate. How are you going to transition? And that's it's so important, and it's so helpful. So, one more time, Deb, your URL. It's drdubcarlin.com. And by the way, if you go there right now, you're going to get a big surprise. It's going to make you really happy. (laughs) Oh, wow. That sounds good. (laughs) Well, I thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom with us and encourage people to go check out your book, Build the Strength Within. And one of the things that does cause stress and is is money in business. And having cash flow to meet your expenses, your debt service, your payroll, and, and also to expand and grow your business is something that deep breathing doesn't totally solve. It might help you figure out how to do or get financing. And that's going to be one of the topics we're going to deal with next week when we talk about one of the newest ways to raise capital, especially that's entrepreneur-friendly, and that's crowdfunding. And what we're going to talk about with my guest, Bill Warner from Entredot, is the topic of crowdfunding, what Preneur needs to know, because there's a right way and a wrong way to go about doing this. And in the meantime, Deb, thanks again for joining me today. You can find her powerful book, Build the Strengths Within, the blueprint for your best life yet. I encourage you to check it out. Giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Keltner. Brought to you by Business MO, LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website, again, is businessconfidentialradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests, those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you, too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential Now is because you don't have time to wait. So just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. 
tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential now? Contact me at the website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.